Hello and welcome to another episode of Altitude, where we talk to founders of the future high-flying companies in Latin America. I'm your co-host, Brian Reckworth. And I'm your co-host, Thomas Rogio. Today, our guest is Jona Skurnik, co-founder of Education Journey. Born in Brazil, Jona arrives in California eight years ago. After graduating from Stanford University as a Lemon Fellow, she worked at a couple of Silicon Valley companies and taught at Menlo Park and Palo Alto Public School District. Yona is the co-founder and board member of Brazil at Silicon Valley and Port Pi, a project aimed at making coding in Python more accessible to Brazilian youth. Last year, she also started Education Journey, a startup focused on making innovation core in education. Married and a passionate mother of two teenagers, Yona cannot live without hiking, the ocean, and of course, ice cream. I'm with you, Yona. Um, <laughs> Yona, it's great to have you on the Latitude podcast. Welcome to Altitude. Thank you so much. Nice to be here. Nice to be with you, Brian and Tommy. Thank you, Yona. Why don't we kick it off with you telling us a little bit about your Cajun journey? What's the vision? Who is it for? And what do you offer? Great. Yes, of course. So Education Journey is a corporate benefit that aggregates the most innovative edtechs in one place. Basically, what we do is we enable companies and professionals to get future ready. And we do that by carefully selecting our curation, right, of the best digital education solutions in the market so that employees can learn what really matters to them anytime and anywhere. And how did you come up with this business idea? I mean, I think that as a CEO, I've definitely run companies and benefits are always a kind of a question mark. How do, we, how do you manage it? How do you provide education for your continuous learning for your team? Tell us about how you identified this gap and the business opportunity, particularly in LATAM. I can start by giving, by sharing a, a couple of data points. They are pretty alarming and proves the point that there's a business opportunity here. There's a need, there's a problem. So 84% of Latin Americans are willing to learn new skills and to be more hireable and comparing to, for example, 63% in Europe. That's from Atlantico reports of last year. Brazilians are the third most users of internet on a daily base, like nine hours and 17 minutes in a global scale, only after two other countries. So think about that. Brazilians want to reskill and Brazilians are already using the internet more than nine hours a day. On top of that, Brazilians are the least, they have the lowest completion rate of high school in Latin America, even lower than Mexico, for example. So only 31% of our population complete high school. So that's very alarming. So we have an imminent need to help our, our population to be more ready to be hired and then to be profitable. And if you combine this with the fact that there's never been so much available information, it's so abundant nowadays and the speed of transformation are so fast that jobs are being displaced one after the other by technology. And people can't keep up with the needs, the real life demands. And when we were conducting a couple of research and spending some time in the market, talking to companies and to people and just narrowing down our focus, we realized that there is 
an urgent need to have a solution that aggregates the best available content online. There's a lot of content. Problem is what's good, what's effective, how to use it. And so we are not only doing the aggregation, but also creating learning paths. So the World Economic Forum, for example, is already calling a reskilling emergency. They released a report saying that one third of worldwide jobs will be transformed by technology. And thinking about how much is invested in education, in 2020 alone, there was more than $11 billion invested in education. And in Brazil alone, we saw a 30% increase of ed tech companies, according to the Strito report. And thinking about the future, the projections are that education technology industry is going to worth $350 billion by 2025. So there's a lot of capital, there's a, no, a lot of need, and there's a very messy and fragmented scenario with so many attacks. Again, thinking about how can we have a short-term and effective impact, we understand that being the first aggregator in this space, it's very straight to the point, right? And that's why we're seeing so much interest in the market about what we do and what we offer. And it's been great. It's amazing, Yona. We definitely saw several companies through the different Latitude cohorts tackling the need of upskilling and reskilling of the workforce in this new future of work kind of landscape. And uh, you have two great co-founders. Can you tell us a little bit about how your different journeys brought you together? Sure. I love this question. I love the opportunity to talk about the three people that are together with me. So there's Marcela. She's our COO. Arthur, he is our CTO. And Victor, our CFO. So when I was looking for people that was interested in this idea, Marcelo was the first one that I met. After a few years, I start, a few weeks, I started Education Journey. And she was actively engaged in transitioning to education. She was the first employee at Loft. And after building with the founder team, um, what then became a unicorn, she realized that there was something missing. She's very young and she took a sabbatical and had the great idea to go to Africa, teach English. She completely fell in love with education. And when she came back, she was very intentionally open and, and, and engaged in education, um, including starting her third undergraduate um, bachelor's. And we, she immediately came on board when I shared my vision of EJ. And as soon as we met, in the first call, she said, I'm in. Count on me. I don't know what I'm going to do, what's going to happen, but count on me. And so she has been super instrumental and it's great. Then came Arthur. We have been collaborating at Brazil at Silicon Valley that Brian mentioned I'm, I co-founded. And he's a full-ride scholar in computer science here at Stanford. And last year, he took a gap year due to covid and although he was working full-time at a Silicon Valley company remotely from Brazil, he told me, you know, let me volunteer because I was bootstrapping. And he said, you know, I can help you. Let me volunteer. Let, 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 let me see what I can do while you, you create your tech team. And after five months collaborating together, he jumped fully on board and he left his job and he became our co-founder and CTO. And it's been great. Then... Victor came, he was experimenting health tech and fintech. He's a Wall Street guy. He's a Faria Lima guy. 
very smart, super hustler. And he was also like feeling that there was something missing in his day to day, which of course we know it's purpose. And although he was flirting with fintech and health tech, that was a little bit even more obvious to him. I gave him a project, which was market research, and he was completely boomed by what he found out, you know, what the future holds for education and in in technology. And he also came fully on board after, I think, one or two months. And he's such a hustler that he earned his co-founding title together with us. And it's been super, super nice because if you realize we are super complementary. So we don't have the same skills. We have completely different backgrounds and experiences. And I am super happy to have them alongside our journey at EJ. And we also have a great team. Honestly, it's not only the co-founders, but also the whole team is is people that I'm super lucky and super grateful to be together every day working. Well, I think that it helps that you have this really exciting purpose-driven business, right? I mean, it's attracting talent when you're transforming education and building the next generation of professionals, that's something that attracts people. Of course, there's there's challenges along the way. Every startup faces them. Would love to hear about some of the biggest challenges in the short journey up until now and how you've you started tackling that. Yeah. Well, as you said, a lot of challenges. I think that the biggest challenge, Brian, maybe is really to narrow the focus. I think that it's important for us to do a list of things that we are not going to do, right? Because we we are tackling such an important and big problem and we cannot make the mistake of abraçar o mundo com as pernas, you know, like wanting to do it all and all at once. If we, if I really believe that we have to build a strong foundation and, and focus on the product and focus on the 101st, passionate customers that will then spread the word and and help us reiterate the product again and again and again, instead of doing a lot of things and not knowing how to say no, right? I think this is like a mindset challenge. And I tell this to my team all the time. We have to do the best that we say we're going to do instead of wanting to do too much. And I think this is a overall challenge to to startups. What path to choose and then really focus and build it. So to me, the focus is the product and pilot, pilot, pilot. I think that pilots is just an amazing path to build success cases. And those cases teaches us the important things about the product and the market and the customer. And then we create a culture about it. It like a culture, product, and customer-centric. The rest is noise. That's the challenge. Love it, Yona. In terms of what you've achieved so far, you've already raised some money from professional investors. Why don't you just tell us a little bit about that? What are you planning to use the funds on? So we are planning to invest in the product. We have to deliver the best product. This is not minor. There's a lot of investment in that. We really are focused on delivering a flawless operation. So not the product means so many things. It's the user experience, the customer success, 
the whole operation. We have we have a lot of partnership with EdTechs, as as I mentioned, being an aggregator. So we have all this back office operation that needs to be smooth because we want to empower our partners. And of course, we have the companies and enterprises, the scale up startups that are with us, and they are really taking care of their people, right? So we have these three sides that we need to invest on, all in the bucket of the product and the and the experience. That means hiring tech people. That means um, investing in our people and our technology. So the funds will go to the product, to a flawless operation, and hiring tech team. Thank you, Yona. And tell us a little bit about your recent pre-seed round. Who are the investors there, and how was that process? Yeah, so um, that's a funny story because you guys were actually the first ones. I remember when I first met Brian, we were in a Zoom call and we were just getting to know each other and he he went first. So he introduced himself and he told about his story and his passion about latitude and everything. So when it was to me, introduce myself, um, I told about my background and what I have been doing uh, since I moved to the Valley years ago. And then I started telling about education journey. And by my surprise, he apologized, interrupting me, saying, you know, Yona, I don't usually do this, but let me ask you point blank. Are you fundraising? We'd love to be on board and sign you, be on board with you and sign you a check. And I was like, I just started fundraising at this very minute, you know, let's talk about it because we were actually bootstrapping and, and there's this thing about when are you ready, right? And I was very, very surprised by how sure you guys were and how passionate you were about what we were doing and how much made sense to you that we really started fundraising after that. And that, and it was very organic. It was organic, but we also were very, uh, it was not random. Besides the financial support, we looked for investors who could add experience, network, and talent to our growth. And Ariel, co-founder of 99 and Yellow, was the next one. He was also super quick in the first call with me. He said, yes, that has a lot to do with what I'm looking for. And then two other investors came Almost in the same way, I was um, Manuel Lemos from Red Point is very close to me, and he's a super mentor. And he said, "Look, I cannot be your angel investors, although I want to. Uh, but Sasholic, which is a pre-seed, you know, angel fund, can. I'm going to introduce you to them. And along Manuel Red Point Capital is an LP at Sasholic. Again, first call, everything was great. They really got what we we're doing." And last minute, after you guys, Ariel and Sasholic, um, came Norti Capital. That they were they were also introduced by another major um, VC, and and it was super nice to be talking with them. I'm I'm very grateful to be part of over 40 very promising startup of Norti Capital. And although we were over, we were fully committed by how much. Equity, we were okay to be diluting at that moment. We we opened space for Naughty Capital, and I guess that it was a very unorthodox uh, process. Very organic, very quick, very aligned with what we were looking for as a as an add value to the smart money, right? And we are 
Super great to have you guys on board. Perfect. Excellent. And if you could share one piece of advice for other founders, what would it be? I think that you, you, you really need to follow your passion. You really need to be aligned with the problem that really matters to you because there are going to be so many challenges and also the opportunity cost. If you're doing X, that means you're not doing Y. If you are building a company, that means that you're not being hired by an amazing, great company that you would, you know, potentially have a great career. So because we are always making choices, you're going to be happy at the end of the day, at the end of your life and be proud of what you did if you're aligned with your passion and with your purpose. So regardless of the opportunities, like the the silver bird that passes through you, you know, teasing you to follow another thing, maybe with a with an offer or something that sounds very tempting. At the end of the cycle, you will be happier if you at least was all the time aligned with your passion and with who you are and what really matters to you. I couldn't agree more. And it's something I talk a little bit about in my book with concept Ikigai, kind of the, combines the, you know, what you're good at, what the world needs, how you can make money. And it's it, it kind of culminates into this purpose or reason for being. So I, I couldn't agree more. Kind of wrapping up here, Fashano con Chave Giordo, as you say in Brazil, what's one word that exemplifies entrepreneurship for you? Oh my God. One word, really? Um, what comes to my mind, it's, it's, I think it's a little bit about what I just said. It's courage, Brian. It's, you have to have a lot of courage to be an entrepreneur. And it's interesting because courage comes from the French word cœur, which is heart, coração. And I think there's a relationship between courage, passion, and your heart. And it's just not easy to be an entrepreneur because we all know there's so many challenges in, you know, once one moment you're fundraising and then you are doing the hiring. If you, if you hire wrong, you're going to have a big problem down the road. You're going to have, you know, you're going to have to hire again. You're going to, you know, hiring, it's, it's just a podcast in itself, right? So there's so much involved in being an entrepreneur that I think that the foundation, it's just courage, which is follow your heart. Love it. I couldn't agree more with you. And thanks a lot for, well, first of all, having the courage to build what you're building, because I think it's very necessary in the market and it's going to have a lot of impacts. And we're very grateful to have had you in the Latitude community and go through the fellowship and then continue to be a supporter of what we're building. So thanks for all your support. No, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. I am absolute avid listener of Latitude Podcast. I think that you are creating amazing content. I really learn with every every podcast, and I'm super honored to be sharing a little bit about what we do here. So thank you for building Latitude. Thank you for being so generous and inviting us to be part of your family. And count on us. We're going to do everything we can to add value to this developing strong community in our dear Latin America. Thank you so much, Yona, and keep flying high, okay? Vamos Latam. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Running the leading startup community in Latin America costs money, but some people are taking notice. So I want to take a minute to thank our early supporters. At Vivarel, we were an early customer of Zendesk. Other companies like Nubank, Loft, 
RD Station. They all use Zendesk to keep their customers happy. Zendesk for Startups offers Zendesk software for customer service and sales for free for six months. To learn more, head to Zendesk.com slash startups. Also, we're really happy to inform that Latitude Fellows now have access to a ton of extra exclusive benefits on top of the six months free, thanks to Zendesk's support of our community. Go to Latitude.com to learn more about the Latitude Fellowship and apply. I learned the hard way that lo barato sale caro. If I had worked with Gunderson from the beginning, maybe our company wouldn't have had to pay $100 million in unnecessary taxes because of our corporate structure. We're lucky to have their support along with Kerry Olson and Bronstein Zilberberg in developing one of our first products, Latitude Go. We want the process of incorporating companies in Latin America to be 10 times cheaper and twice as fast. If you're starting a venture-backed company, you can check it out at go.latitude.com. I've been banking with Silicon Valley Bank for over a decade as one of their first customers in Latin America. They're committed to the region and have made great introductions over the years. We want to thank them for their support of Latitude. To learn more, visit svb.com.